0: Hey, welcome to the 149th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons T. Lamb and Steve Perong. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today we're
1: catching up. I'm back from Russia. Oren's got a bunch of crazy jobs to deal with. It's going to be a good one. We do one listener question, I promise we'll get to more eventually. Um, but we just had so much to talk about
0: that we figured,
1: uh, why not catch up for a little
0: bit? And I think that question is something so many directors and filmmakers and any creatives deal with a lot, which is when you're offered a job, get really pumped about that job, and then that job ends up going to someone else and how to deal with that. And how to maintain relationships with the production company... And your friends and how to not take things personally it's a it's a pretty deep one so we spend a good amount of time on it well, before we get into the episode we want to remind people that we have a patreon page our patreon is patreon.com slash just patreon is a way where you can give a couple bucks a month to help support the podcast, help us pay our editor, and uh, help us put more live events on. And just grow the the podcast in general. It's going really well, which is nice. We're almost to our
1: first major milestone of breaking even on the show.
0: We really do appreciate it. And uh, to our patrons, we uh, are coming up with more things to do with you all. So um, thank you. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, everyone. Let's okay. get on with the show.
0: So, Oren, it's been a long time. Up is down, left is right. What have you been working on lately? Um, yeah, well, I just recorded an episode with Carlin a few days ago, so yeah, we chatted a little bit about what was going on in our lives, but I am preparing for this four-day shoot I was just telling you about for mm-hmm. uh, California tourism, and it's going to be really fun, but we are shooting a lot of locations per day. Mm-hmm. We're working with two non-actors and... They want it to be really funny. But performers, they're still
1: comics, right? They're still.
0: Well, one of them is definitely a performer, mm-hmm. a comedian, and has been on camera a lot. Mm-hmm. The other one has been on camera, but she is like a very success. She has like millions of followers on Instagram. Oh, I see. So all stills. Mm-hmm. She's done a couple videos where people have kind of like tried to figure out, you know, like kind of follow her and figure mm-hmm. out how she does what she does. But they're really kind of montagey videos, like documentary style, sort of yeah. lifestyle stuff. There mm-hmm. isn't a lot of her like talking to camera, and being like, "Hey, we're here at the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Griffith Observatory.
1: Check this yeah. out." Here, I'll put a button on this joke, and then, you know, right, yeah, interesting.
0: So I'm trying to figure out like what kind of scenarios I can set up at each location so that funny stuff happens. Yeah, I would say my main piece of advice
1: in that paradigm is like giving the for lack of a better term influencer permission to not be funny
0: right right like she's she'll be the straight man
1: yeah she's the straight man and the other person is the one-liner person because i think that oftentimes when people are around people who are really fast and really funny they want to play along they want to kind of try and keep up and trying to be funny when that's not what you are best at or even what the scenario really requires is a hard thing to get over, you know? So giving her an objective of like something to play opposite that, you know, if he's quippy, then she's over it or she's distracted by something and doesn't want to have anything to do with him or is really excited about just seeing the sights, or what, whatever that objective is that makes sense for the piece. I think is the, if you can find the perfect thing for her to play, then she's not distracted by like
0: trying to tag jokes or whatever cuz that just gets sloppy and right yeah bad for sure I don't want to try to make her I, I don't want to say to either of them like be funny you know mm-hmm. it's like sure. probably the worst direction you yeah. can give but I uh, yes I do but people have told her them
1: like oh you'll just improvise you'll it'll just be really funny and off the
0: cuff don't worry about it and so there's already this implicit directive of, of be funny be funny yeah, yeah. Which is, like, that's, like, the agency style of how you get people to be funny is you, like, ask them to do funny stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that, well, so I guess one idea is that, like, her photos are perfect Mm -hmm. and his captions are hilarious, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, they're they're both taking photos of the same place and hers just, like, look amazing. Um, And they're kind of, like, insightful Mm -hmm. and inspired and his are just like kind of not very good photos but the captions are just like yeah hilarious um and then seeing like if they can basically this journey is about them helping each other Mm -hmm. right like that's fun yeah um and just kind of play it out for real right
1: yeah that's fun
0: but my other angle which i kind of was very inspired by conan Mm o'brien's travel log sure have you seen it i've watched uh the first
1: episode i think
0: does he he goes to a different place each time right he's done like six countries but then yeah. he'll also just like there's this he has like a guy that he works with an associate producer that is like real 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 straight uh-huh. um like uh Matter-of-fact guy and he like went with him to intelligentsia to talk about coffee. Uh-huh. And gotcha It's just he's so funny Conan And that he can just be in any situation and just say funny things and everyone else is just playing it really straight right, and Really right. serious, you know a classic straight man sort of situation, right? Where we're not making fun of but we are just like yeah Like we have the the funny person is kind of a little self-deprecating. And yeah, Like can't figure out how things work and yeah. is, is pointing out how funny that is. Yeah, or, or just can't turn off, you know, right so that was one one idea is just kind of that the other pitch I had is that we almost play it like a nature video. Like he's mm-hmm. he has the comedian has kind of like the Stephen Colbert type of mm-hmm. real like straight, serious, uh, but, you know, kind of attitude, but is saying saying very funny things. Mm-hmm. Um Like I thought, what if he is like embedded with like a real Instagram photographer and it's almost like a nature video. Like we Mm -hmm. watch her as she sets up her, you know, Mm -hmm. camera and Mm -hmm. he's kind of narrating everywhere we go. I mean, that could at least be a bit like a like a runner, you know, yeah, that you can fall back on. Or even like a a cold open. Right. We see her setting up and we see he's like she puts her iPhone in it, you know, on a selfie stick or whatever. Um, And then she's like, uh. Can you, be, can, you just like, can you stop I mean, talking like about me? Everybody does this.
1: You're being weird. Yeah. 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 I Maybe you're being weird is like a nice backup plan. <laughs> like having that, like a riff on that in your, because, because I think also like it's easy. The thing you don't want to do is like make the influencer the butt of the joke because like right. an influencer is just the best at a thing that literally everybody does. Like everyone takes selfies, Right. Everybody has an online persona. They're
0: just better at it than we are. Yeah, but you'll—I'll show you her stuff after we stop recording. It's like—I mean—it's very good photography.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And it's not—it's actually she doesn't really do selfies um, a lot. It's like she's always traveling with someone, so they'll, mm-hmm. if she's in a picture, they'll be taking it. But she also takes pictures of like locations uh-huh. and items and her hands yeah, it's holding more things, like lifestyley sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. cool. So yeah, trying yeah. to. Trying to crack that nut a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Get to the root of what makes
1: them appealing to their audiences and then see if there's a way to.
0: Yeah. The other difficult part is obviously, I think any director would agree. Like, if you're, you have these real people and you're trying to create content around them, it's very helpful if those actual people give input. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but. They're in a different country on a totally different time zone, which you know a lot about. But they also are like, there's layers of producers and managers and Mm -hmm. agents between Mm -hmm. me and them. So like, it makes me not want to pitch something really silly. Mm -hmm. Like one of my pitches is like, her model dropped out last minute on her trip to California. Now she got this guy to sub in and he's Mm -hmm. like this horrible model. Right, right. right. Yeah. The question of like, why are they together is always tricky. Yeah. But I don't want to pitch like silly things like a through seven people, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to get like a direct line of contact with him. I, I talked to the comedian once, but yeah. he's like, yeah, just go through my manager. Do you have um, a writer at all or are you basically writing it? I'm basically writing it. The yeah. agency wrote some like, f- like gags, mm-hmm. but they're mostly like she's taking a selfie and mm-hmm. he is uh, yeah. taking a selfie of himself with her taking a selfie of herself. So yeah. It's kind of the same joke in each location. So I'm trying to just one Pense up. It. I feel yeah. like selfie humor is like not it's a little old <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean um it's quite old yeah yeah like yeah. everyone
0: takes selfies it's not a joke i take selfies we all yeah do. we all take selfies yeah. yeah i'm just thinking back i did these nicole ritchie jobs uh oh yeah i did i, I was watching nicole in paris or whatever remember the simple life uh uh-huh, sure. yeah, Nicole yeah. Richie had a yeah. show
1: yeah this is um afterwards nicole had a show called
0: not suddenly nicole
1: or naturally nicole something like that anyway Yeah, it was a similar sort of situation where I wrote the outlines, and they were not very good. I was annoyed because I was um, hired to direct, but not uh, write. (laughs) And they were like, don't worry, we've got a writer. And he was very funny, but like, you know, basically was just there on set and didn't really have the bandwidth or was... I don't know what his deal was like or whatever, but basically like... It was a situation where I was
0: like, if I don't write something, then we won't know where to go to shoot anything. Basically, right. you need to have... even if stuff is going to happen on its own, you need to have a plan. Yeah, because you have otherwise, to be like, you, you risk having nothing. Oh, we're going day. to the
1: pie shop. Okay, like let's talk about pie or whatever. But but my point is, is though, like the writer that we had uh, on the day was friends with Nicole, oh. and so worst case scenario, I could turn to him and be like, hey man we need an out for the end of this scene. Can you write something to feed to her? Right. Because you're trying to like, you know, just build a scene and to just have a separate brain thinking about that stuff, especially when it's someone that they trust, you know, that's valuable, I guess is what I'm saying. Otherwise I think you can get your talent to get really stressed out and not know. Right. They're like, well, what am I supposed to say here? You know what I mean? And you're like, I don't know, just uh, say you're going to the pier now, you know, or whatever. And then they're just mad at you. And was she talking to camera? Um, We did talking heads, confessional style talking heads to kind of bridge things and then into scene work, basically. So I think we did the talking heads at the end of each scene.
0: And is that... So when you did Ellen, you did a lot of like OTFs, right? On the fly Uh, interviews? Yeah, sure. But that's like not a confessional. That's like, we're here at the location, like just give me a quick interview. Yeah, exactly. Tell me what you're feeling right now in this moment. Like you just, you know, hang glided or whatever. Did you think that you could hang glide? Right. Um, Candidly, Nicole.
1: Candidly, Nicole. That's it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Because I'm, have you ever been hired for a job where there's been an established like history of advertising or something or writing or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, doesn't have to be commercial where they're like, we've never really done a comedic version before. We've done Mm -hmm. like kind of drama, serious lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but we're bringing you in because we were doing a comedy thing. Now we want it to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a lot of pressure. Actually, it's a
1: lot of pressure
0: because you're working in a paradigm of that's not funny. Yeah, naturally.
1: Yeah, it's it wasn't. It's successful, but it wasn't built to be funny, and so like there's not necessarily a comedic premise baked in. And I think yeah, I mean, you hate improv more than anyone I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate you. You hate uh, the edict of like, ah, oh, we'll figure it out on set, which is right. You know, like not having a structure, not having a plan is a good way to fail, basically. Yeah. And like every, like I bet like Ben Schwartz or some, somebody like that, like just incredible improvisers can make it work, but you're not starting from a place of confidence. You know, like I want to be able to build off of something. And so I think that when I talk about improv, I'm always like, you know, I want to plus things, but we have the bones there already. So if nothing funny comes out of that person's mouth or if I'm running behind or whatever, it's still going to be totally great and fine. That's different than Hey, we're going to spend four days traveling around, which is tiring and stressful, and you're never scouting anything. Be funny over and over and over again. Right. Like,
0: that's a bad Well, the main situation. tool... Yeah. The main tool of a director is preparation. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if it's you were making it up on set, then they've taken away, like, your main tool. Yeah. Then you're just riffing, and maybe you get lucky, or maybe you don't. Yeah. Well, so because I've watched all their old videos and they're beautiful. They're like these amazing shots, beautiful people, like mm-hmm. walking you through these towns and locations and great music and just really incredible stuff. And I, I'm like, okay, you see how beautiful their old stuff is, but is it, it's not comedic at all. Mm-hmm. And just kind of letting them know that it's, if we want to really lean into the comedy and the personalities, we're probably going to lose some of this like beautiful montage stuff. I think also there's a big difference between... Uh, funny like laugh out loud funny
1: and entertaining and in those cases i think you can count on charismatic people to be enjoyable to watch and that is a wholly different game than a laugh a second you know what i mean right like set up punchline set up punchline you have to write you have to um but like be charming and like have a nice time like burning your mouth eating clam chowder I'll smile while I'm watching somebody do that. You know what I mean?
0: Or or whatever the maybe less sadistic version of that joke is. Well, you love Feed Phil, right? Somebody Feed Phil, yeah, sure. Somebody Feed Phil, which is not... I've watched a little bit of it. It's not like that funny. It's not that funny, no. But it's it's genuine, kind of. Yeah, he's just like, I like this. He's a funny guy walking around to different places in the world. Yeah, he's got a couple good jokes in episode, but it is not funny at all. But that's a perfect example of like,
1: oh, that's just entertaining. And I think if you can make sure that they understand the difference and that you can deliver entertaining with some laughs, that'll go a long way. And frankly, is what you want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want it to be a Judd Apatow movie in San
0: Francisco and L.A., you know, in in front of Landmarks. Right. You know? Um, But I guess even, like, if you think of a Conan O'Brien or someone that's really funny... Part of the idea of most campaigns today when they want comedy is because they want people to, like, think it's funny and share it, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. so it's hard to get people to share something that's, like, mildly entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Well, I didn't say mildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, but in 30 seconds or 60 yeah, yeah. seconds, it's hard to, like, sure. feed fill does not work in a one-minute video. Yeah, yeah. Somebody feed fill. Anyway, well, so... A uh, very long answer to what I'm working on lately. I apologize to our friends that think I dominate this <laughs> part of the conversation. How
1: many, I think you've brought it up every time since I told you.
0: Well, because I'm seeing how true it was. <laughs> and I feel guilty. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, what's, what's going on with you? You're back from Russia? I'm Do you, back from Russia. Uh, I'm assuming you have to assassinate someone before you can move on only when I get a phone call and like a trigger word is set into the other line you know I'm like a sleeper cell right now listeners please send us potential trigger (laughs) words and I'll try them out on Matt (laughs) just like
1: (laughs) yeah I'm back I uh we got back Thursday this is Sunday morning Super Bowl Sunday and my sleep schedule is all out of whack I wake up at like three or four every morning basically and fall asleep at seven or eight so I've been writing which is nice you know I'm you know getting into it right Uh, Which is really good. But yeah, it was... uh, Are you working on your feature? Feature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's coming along slowly but surely, which is nice. But yeah, like Russia was crazy. It was great. You know, there are things that are very different and there are things that are totally the same. Um, What's funny, a weird detail is that I hadn't thought about it, but like... Chapman and Fisher dollies, you can't buy, right? You You can only lease them. And the only way that you get to lease either of those dollies is by like coming to the U S and like taking a certification course so that, you know, um, when it needs to be serviced or whatever, you know exactly how to do it. And I assume that's because they want to maintain a certain level of quality, blah, blah, blah right and safety and safety and all that stuff yeah yeah totally um but so as a result i'll post a photo of the dolly that we used it was like straight out of pacific rim you know it was it had like this crazy industrial design it's kind of like a little octopus looking thing so that was very strange you know shooting with cats is weird it's like highly technical almost everything is a split screen how is that super slow-mo shot you did I, one whole spot
0: is basically sl- super slow mo. One shot? No, no, no. One spot. So like
1: over and over and over again, we did a ton of phantom.
0: Right, but is there how many shots are in that one spot? Uh,
1: boy, maybe twelve, I'd say. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they're
0: all super slow mo. Basically, I, I
1: don't think. Basically, if I if I was shooting a cat, it was minimum of fifty frames a second. Like I don't think I ever shot the cat real time because it just kind of like slow mo sort of smooths out the um the kinks of a of a cat kind of like yeah the cats around. are so bumpy <laughs> well they're uh, they move very quickly you know what i mean so um another interesting thing is they shoot 25 frames so oh, like
0: european style exactly oh. yeah um which was nice actually so slow-mo so you're like guys one frame per second whatever you guys want i don't need it for my reel <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> um so yeah but, and we also shot very long days Oh, it's, I saw you posted like 19 hour days. I had shot a 19 hour day. What is that? They just like, is it like World War II style where when one crew member dies, they just replace them with another person? <laughs> no. Well, you know what was funny is that like the DP and
1: I were like, are we going to stop? <laughs> Like, what do we do? Well, did you have a schedule
0: and a shot list and an AD and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. But, you know, shooting with cats and all that stuff and it just, you know. So was, was the AD not hurrying you up? Not saying, like, you got 20 minutes They to get, were. This shot? Yes, they were mad at me for being behind. But not,
1: like, in the U.S., you hit hour 19 on a commercial <laughs> shoot. That is golden time. So that means that every single crew member, and it was a big crew, is making
0: their day rate every hour. Right? right? And so, so you can easily be spending ten times as much on crew an exactly, hour, exactly like twenty something hours. So, like. so the point
1: is like, it's built that way so that you just have to stop, right? Because it would be dumb to keep shooting. I do not know what the labor practices are there, but no one seemed especially bent out of shape about it. And our first AC, who was great and was also DP, was like, "Yeah, twenty four hours. I shoot that all the time." No. On, and I, I swear man. to God, I asked my driver, um, who, like, had been driving me basically every day for two weeks, who was, like, a real sweet guy. I was like, is this crazy? What? Like, I, I've never, ever shot this long. And he was like, yeah, my record is two days, ten
0: hours. So, like, 58 hours. <laughs> yeah. With no, do people sleep? Are people just sleeping on set? I, I couldn't. The language barrier was a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: I knew my department heads, but and they all spoke better English than I speak Russian. Um, But, uh, you know, there's still, like, different levels of of how well they speak Russian. So, there were many, many people who I had no idea if they were PA, if they were (laughs) the producer. I had no idea. I knew my producers. I knew my department heads. And then there's, like... Right. 30 white guys named Igor. Did Vlad stop
0: by? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Putin, I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, That, yeah, he, that Vlad. I yeah, imagine yeah, everyone's yeah. name there is Vlad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it
1: was hard to know, basically. And also, shooting with cats, they're easily distracted. So, you know, we would make the whole crew go elsewhere, basically, because right. any single noise in this giant warehouse... Spooks the cat and they, they look away or whatever. And then all of a sudden my shot's ruined. Um, the set was awesome. The set was totally awesome. But also, uh, I was like, is there like a, an FSO, like a fire safety officer here? And they were like, what are you talking about? and we literally like, fire had fire what yeah. oh there's
0: no russian word for
1: safety <laughs> they were like no just be safe and like we had probably a hundred candles going oh that's cool Yeah, it was cool it looks good and then also we had a fireplace due to the power outage <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly they charged up all their batteries they're prepared for it um i was actually fantasizing the other day about the days i used to shoot things by myself in incredibly unsafe ways like on top of cars and running around because you get awesome shots yeah 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 "Yeah, there was a little bit of that to it yeah let's do that i
1: um yeah we had a fireplace in a warehouse right and literally a guy just sat in the back (laughs) putting and turned turned no 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 he turned on propane and then he had a little flamethrower that he like turned like lit the flame and then when we cut he would turn it off and then he was like hey you can't shoot for longer than a minute and a half
0: presumably because it would i guess burn the place down i don't know <laughs> all the walls are made of paper <laughs> yeah. yeah that's crazy you, you do see i don't know how much time you've spent on youtube watching like random russian videos but mm-hmm. there's like people jumping like doing parkour on like you know uh air force jets <laughs> it's like or just driving a car and kicking out the front windshield and jumping out of it on the freeway like the most insane unsafe, safe stuff ever and you're like oh, i wish i could do that well, so Moscow, for the most part, is
1: super, not for the most part, in basically every way, except for, like, there are little alleyways where, like, you kind of go into the back entrance to a production company or something like that. Those are really serpentine and kind of crazy, and, you know, they're all one way and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, like, super metropolitan. They have big, long parkways and boulevards and stuff. But one night, me and my wife and the DP were walking home from dinner and, like, were, you know, it's, like you know, freezing, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're having a nice time and it's a beautiful parkway and we just hear someone shouting and we turn around and two horses are just galloping like full speed down the parkway and that like two ladies are riding them and we like get out of the way and they just like go straight past us and then we kind of catch up to them because they've stopped and all that and they are just uh, trading swigs of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, they stopped (laughs) like in a red light? (laughs) Basically, yeah okay yeah that's crazy that was crazy that was the craziest thing but otherwise it was just like walking around beverly hills but you
0: just didn't understand what people were saying but it was it wasn't as cold as the midwest right polar vortex no 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 the vortex is much more serious yeah
1: yeah and we also acclimated you know like you wear long johns and all that stuff And like it wasn't listeners matt has a giant beard right now. i do have a giant beard i which i thought would be the thing in russia (laughs) (laughs) and uh actually no it's a kind of a bad idea like multiple times i would come home and realize there was ice in
0: my beard better than lice yeah that's awesome well cool i'm i'm jealous that you have all this free uninterrupted time to write now yeah me <laughs> based too. on your time I'm zone st- issues
1: yeah I'm, I'm stoked on that i also don't have anything lined up until maybe early march is kind of the closest job so we'll see how long that lasts do you have a, like d- to- a deadline for your script uh no but i'm kind of i've kind of earmarked february to kind of just plow through as much of it as i can basically
0: cool i'm trying to pull kind of like a matt Enlow move recently in 2019 which is uh just like meeting up with people oh sure yeah good and and hanging out and how's that going reacquainting it's going really well like tonight well so one of the hard things when you have like kids and a family and a Mm -hmm. wife and all that stuff of like trying to go out for drinks with like sure person you met on set or something because it just feels weird i think to your significant other that you know you're leaving them at home with the kid while you're out right. getting drinks right but so a lot of these other people also have kids and husbands or wives or sure. whatever um and so so you're pulling the double date move yeah so i have a couple double dates lined up okay. tonight we're having dinner like my wife and my kids with uh sure. you know, our friend and also podcast listener brian Uh, and his wife and his kids and that's a good move yeah because i just felt like i wasn't i was socializing with like my kind of closest group of friends but i wasn't like really going outside of that because i you know don't want to be like an absentee husband slash father you can also do the midday coffee right so i have a couple of those lined up too uh and yeah i'm just trying to be more just out there yeah, yeah because i don't know i've shot like A bunch of commercials in the last few months and i haven't even posted them on facebook and Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like i haven't really told anyone like what's going on with me yeah aside from this podcast so i feel like um and i'm sure our listeners would appreciate this and something that i've learned a lot from you is just like just like be talking to people all the time about how you're a director (laughs) you know that's um a funny perspective to have about me do you know what I mean? Because I don't... Well, we had a whole episode about what it means to get drinks. Sure, that's one. true. But it's not like I do that all the time. Well, you have no. a- <laughs> yeah, Okay. Maybe more.
1: I, I try to do maybe like one, once or twice a week if I can. Yeah. Right. And I, you have... But I will go through spells where that, it'll be months where I don't do that, you know? Right.
0: But you also, because you went to USC, have this like kind of built-in like event funnel, right? Of, yeah. Yes. Of things going on. However, I'm going to one...
1: Ironically, next week, I want to say, but that will be in total two or three USC events I've attended since I graduated. Oh, really? Because it's also, frankly, a little bit of a different world, you know? Um, it's a lot more people who have job jobs or are looking for jobs, or th- that's not totally accurate. It's been more than that, but it's not like I'm doing that many of them. And frankly, like, it's just as easy to find some other organization that you would like to be a part of like we used to did you ever go to the like tube filter events
0: oh uh yeah you know back in the day like, back in the day like, like those used drew to be pierce that guy right uh yeah. drew baldwin drew baldwin yeah yeah. yeah yeah but like those used to be like i used i would go to those every month basically um, and, and YouTube to, filter is like a periodic, there's basically like the digital variety basically. Yeah. Yeah. Of variety. But you could go to variety screenings or you could,
1: uh, there's all sorts of news. You could go to, uh, the one at the, uh, hammer museum. You know oh what yes. I'm talking
0: about. Uh, flux? flux flux. Yeah. Flux oh, screenings. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. For our listeners, by the way, should, if you're like new to LA and you want to meet other interesting filmmakers and see really interesting ways people are making like short film stuff. Um,
1: Yeah. Those flux screenings are great. Yeah. I would go to them more often, but they're on the West side. So it's like kind of a pain to get out there, but that's just one of probably a hundred different organizations that you could be a part of that could help you meet people basically. Right.
0: But I will say what's cool about flux is everyone hangs out and has like drinks after the Mm -hmm. screenings, which is like, if you go to a creative screenwriting screening, where you see a giant studio movie and see a and a with the writer of that movie. Yeah, for there's less of a scene afterwards. Yeah, nobody yeah. really wants to talk to you after that screen. They just yeah. want to like talk to the one important person there. Right, right. So anyway, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Also, I'm trying to convince my wife, who is an actress, that it's like good for her too. Sure. <laughs> to go, <laughs> no directors and producers and other actors and things like that. Yeah, I, I find
1: that I have missed knowing actors recently. I feel like I used to have a lot of friends who were performing and I, we've talked about this on the show. They've kind of all moved into different things, you know?
0: Right. Um, well, it's weird because all your actor friends are like within the same, like five year age range of you. <laughs> right. Right. So now if you want to cast like an awesome 18 year old, you don't, you just yeah. have to start from scratch. Yeah. I or was it. thinking about that actually. I was
1: like, Oh, I'm going to have to start to, from scratch on, or, or they're too famous now. You know, yeah. that's the other thing It's like, they just are on a sitcom or something. And right. so that's awesome. I want them to be on sitcoms and all of that. But
0: well, if you want to yeah. go to some shows to explore new talent, let me know. Yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah, that would be fun. We as long as it's like around 10 a.m. on a weekday. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, good catching up. We'll post all of that stuff.
1: Let's hop into some listener questions. Uh, we've got Zach Dalton wrote in. Uh, he's a huge fan of the show. Thanks so much, Zach. He's also a patron. Uh, also Thanks. a patron. Yeah, thank you. We answer
0: questions whether you're a patron or not, but it's always nice. Uh, So Zach writes in a letter about how he has been working as a filmmaker, and he got offered a job with a production company to direct what they call the passion project. Not a giant budget, but something that they were really excited to have him on. And as he started working on it, he basically ended up, they told him the job went away and no longer existed. Cut, flash forward to uh, a little bit later, he's talking to someone about another director that he knows that's really great. And they're like, oh yeah, that director is directing this orchestra project. Uh, And And he's like, wait, what? Yeah, this is a project that he he was told went away. Um, And apparently he said he's heard this happening a lot. He has a DP friend that also had the same thing happen. He got this job and then the job actually went away. And then he found out that like a bigger, uh, in quotes, better DP had gotten the job right so zach yeah. is asking and this has happened to it's definitely happened to me i don't know if it's happened yeah, to yeah definitely um but uh the idea that you get a job and then a company tells you the job no longer exists and then you find out actually it does exist but they just they basically lied to you because they mm-hmm. felt bad that they took it away from you and replaced you with someone else
1: yeah so he has two questions he wants to know how do you handle a relationship with a production company that, that treats people that way right do you trust them do you care about it You know, is this normal, right? And then two, is there a point in working with a production company at all on a passion project if he can self-finance and piece the crew together himself? Obviously, they have something to gain or multiple companies wouldn't have asked him. Does he have anything to gain or lose by picking one of them to produce it? Right. So first off, let's start with number one.
0: Uh, Is this normal? How should Zach feel about it? Uh, Unfortunately, it is normal. And I think you're allowed to be upset by it. Uh, It's totally okay
1: human to be bummed out when people that you like working with pick somebody else to make a thing that you wanted to make without a doubt that's sucks and it feels even worse when you feel like you are taking a pay cut and like have decided to invest yourself emotionally and that it's not just a job for the paycheck but really like one because you believe in the project right
0: right so, right, yeah, well, there's it's, it's, two uh, parts, right? Yeah. One is that you lost a job to someone else. And yeah. two is that the company uh, was not honest with you about right. why you lost right. a job. I, I have this very weird, uh, probably somewhat rare policy in this town, which is like, I do not lie. Like, I don't ever lie to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I it, agree, actually. It's so stressful to lie, right? And, well, I just don't. I've feel like i'm literally will be up all night if i like this i don't really lie to people yeah yeah that's what i'm like, saying it, it
1: stresses you out yeah yeah um, i didn't know um, not that. not because you. i'll
0: get caught just because in me internally i just feel uncomfortable about it yeah so i would never in a million if i hired a dp and then it turned out like janusz kaminsky wants to shoot this mm-hmm. thing then i would call the, you know the person i hired and be like hey i'm really sorry but janusz this is coming in yeah i mean yeah. i will exaggerate things i'll be like everyone at the production company is really excited about this. And I, you know, I told them like, I'd still like to work with you on a future project. And they're on board with that, you know, but for now we're going to go with this other person. I mean, I did that for miss 2059 that I worked with a new DP because the lead actress wanted to use her friend sure. to shoot things, even though I had like kind of talked to my DP friends about mm-hmm. it beforehand. Them a little bit. And I, yeah. Yeah. I, so I think that I feel like it's
1: kind of we're really talking mostly about tact here. And that, to a certain extent, like the production company should just be like, "Hey, man, we're so sorry, things went another way." Like, you know, there are there's code words that mean you didn't get the job.
0: Um, sorry, but not, but you don't have to lie and say, "Oh, that job doesn't exist anymore." Right. That's the Matt and move. I mean, it's a lot of people's moves. Like, yeah, we went in, in a different direction with this. Yeah, that that means you didn't get the job. We're still working on it, right. and like that's a nice way of saying
1: it. It sucks for sure, but I think. I think that maybe part of it is just tact. The difference is, though, whether or not you're putting in time and resources. If they've contracted you to make a thing, you think you have the job, you're, like, shooting tests and, like, scouting and things like that, then you're sinking actual work and time into it. That's a different deal, for sure, and um, much less scrupulous. Like, that's a that's kind of a problem.
0: Yeah, I guess. If it's someone you've worked on a m- bunch of projects with, um, you know, like we've— I had recently a project with sawhorse that you know we started mm-hmm. laying out the groundwork and then they the talent wanted a different director last minute um wanted their yeah. own friend and it's not like i got compensated for sure the work i did but i but know you that also I,
1: understand how that happens too. yeah and i know work with
0: mean? them a lot and i'm not going to be a not going to jeopardize my relationship with them because of that well and also that's not their call right, you right. Know, that's the other thing
1: and and frankly when you're in a situation, for instance, where like you're trying to pick a DP, right? Because we're in that same sort of situation that production companies are in, where you're making specific, you know, decisions about who you're trying to hire. Um, and sometimes that does get personal. You have two DPs that you love shooting with all the time. Sometimes it's nice for it to not be 100% your decision. You know, right. it's nice to be like, hey, I sent these along to the agency, for instance and I made a good case for why I like both of you and we'll see what happens. And that's nice to be able to say, uh, ah, agency went a different d- way and here's why. Right. Right. Um, but that's different than, um, flat out lie, a flat out lie. Yeah. 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 Well, and that being their decision, like if right. you could,
0: everyone's been railroaded before. So like that happens and it sucks, but well, I think if Zach put himself in their shoes, like let's say you're casting something and you have some actor friends and you tell them about this project you have, coming up and you're like, Oh, you would probably be great for this role to like an actress friend of yours. And then you're doing auditions and you see someone that's just like amazing. Like the perfect, they have the perfect background, the perfect look, the perfect everything for this role. They really bring this character alive. And you have to go tell your actress friend that you told you wanted to cast her, that you can no longer cast her. It's not because she's not good. And it's not because you're a jerk. It's because unfortunately in this business, there's always, there might always be someone that's like a little bit better for the job. And, it just it's part of the 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 bummer
1: of this business and i think that we probably both in our younger years maybe would have promised performers or dps the job before you were really capable of locking it in you know and i think Mm -hmm. it's just about being honest and being like hey listen we're auditioning a lot of people you know i really hope that it works out right you know it's different than you've got the role i wrote this for you
0: right you know um i tell people like actor friends and stuff that, you know, they're always in mind, you know, like I always. Yeah. And, it, and it's true when I see yeah, a list of You always want
1: your friends to get cast for sure. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I think I tend to confront people on that. Not like, oh, don't call them up and be like, you lied to me. But if I see them again, I'll be like, hey, I heard that orchestra thing came back. I'll kind of give them an yeah. out, yeah. like a way to explain themselves. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's jerky. That said, if they give you a lot of work, just roll with it. I, yeah. It the sucks. hardest thing to do in that situation is to like be confident and mm-hmm. charismatic and pretend that it, you have so many other things going on that that isn't a big deal, you know? Like because that's yeah. p- who people want to hire. People want to hire people that have yeah. a lot of stuff going on. If you're like, oh god,
1: but this thing that we I wasn't really gonna get paid for, I really wanted to do. Yeah, that's a little
0: rougher. And if you go and you're like, that's the only thing I had last month. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. Um, so then, so number two, do you think working with this production company is worth it? Basically, like if you can self finance and piece together a crew himself, should he bother? And I think the answer is tricky because we keep saying we keep using the word passion project, and I, I think there's kind of a sliding scale on how passionate you are about this project. There's a huge difference between I wrote this thing myself and uh, I really wanted to get into Sundance, and this is my baby and it's about my parents and my relationship to them or whatever right that's like a pure passion project and then there's like oh this would be really cool yeah it's awesome nike commercial spec yeah yeah there's been plenty of commercials that i have been passionate about and really excited to work on most of them i'd hope you know but i wouldn't they're not personal they're not personal right exactly and so i think that we should all be so lucky to get budgets from other companies to make things that you're excited about making that's you know that's the goal that's the dream if it's something that you think is so important to you that you can self-finance it then yeah but i I don't know that i would classify this one as one that's that important to you zach right i don't know
0: i mean i would say look if you need the money The money is nice. If you don't need the money, if you need the support, if you need like producers or Mm -hmm. other people, equipment, locations that they can provide... Contacts in general. Yeah, Yeah. go for it. I always think on any project, the more people involved, the better chance it has of actually being made. And good, you know. Right. But that said this is a very boring topic, but there is like the idea of ownership and equity. And like, mm-hmm. if you are making a short that you want to develop into a TV show or something yeah, and you team up with this production company, now they own half the idea. Yeah. Uh, it might, you have, you have know, to have those, you have to be okay way.
1: with those terms in every capacity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like our friend now is like kind of managing these stages in Glendale. And he's like, Hey, you can use these stages for free to shoot proof of concept stuff. But you know, we have to be attached as producers if, yeah. you, if you take it out or EPs or something. So it's like interesting, but like for a stage, I don't know that I want to give up like producer credit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like something you can rent you for a scrunch, couple of grand.
1: Scratch together the cash.
0: Yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Good luck, Zach. Thanks for writing. Thanks for patronizing us. If you have questions for us, we'll,
1: uh, we promise we'll get to all of them eventually. Um, you can drop us a line at just shoot it pod at gmail.com or our, our voicemail two, six, two, six shoot one. Shall we hop into unpaid endorsements? Sure. Unpaid endorsements. Um, so I've got a pair of endorsements. One is uh, an interview on Deadline with Steven Soderbergh. It's the 30th anniversary of Sex Lies and Videotape, which was kind of the movie that put Sundance on the map in a more meaningful way. You know, it was kind of like the dawn of independent cinema in America in what we now think of it as. Not to discredit all the other movies that came before that, of which there were many, 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 but uh, Six Lies in Videotape was like a big landmark for uh, indie American cinema. And so uh, the conversation is really incredible. He's got a new Netflix show coming out. He retired. He came back out of retirement. He did the Nick. He's like, you know, doing all sorts of crazy experiments with day and date releases and like, you know, small releases, bigger releases with studios, without studios at Netflix. And he kind of really talks in depth about his process of just kind of how he figures out how he likes to release a movie. You know, he's in a privileged position where his name means something. So he gets to kind of pick and choose, but it's a really fascinating read. And I think a a nice thing to check out when you're feeling inundated with like the sky is falling, independent cinema is dead sort of literature which i feel like we've probably seen a lot of recently yeah i might have even been saying things like that myself recently yeah so it's nice to like read soderbergh and be like oh you just have to figure it out it's like a different thing each time and it
0: was the first time around for him as well
1: yeah so that's my that's my endorsement actually
0: what about what's about what's the deal with this umbrella that you have by your door (laughs) so that's my wife's umbrella it
1: uh turns inside out when you fold it so it uh dumps all of the water out basically and so the dry side is on the outside when you f- collapse it basically oh
0: that's smart so you can it's you're not holding a wet umbrella exactly, exactly. and also it does it is it not easier to get into your car with that it is easier to get into your car with that yeah because it folds in the opposite direction correct yeah i want to get one of those yeah they're pretty it's been nice. raining in la a lot yeah by the time it gets here you'll um yeah it'll never rain it'll again yeah well one kind of handy tip i might have mentioned something along this before but you know those uh, echo dots they're like Mm -hmm. dirt cheap you can get one for like 20 bucks yeah if you have kids uh we have one in our daughter's room Mm -hmm. and yes maybe amazon is spying on us we don't care (laughs) but you can ask it to play lullabies or Mm -hmm. any mute like kids music which is awesome i imagine a lot of parents like have music or sound machines or something Mm -hmm. for their like little kids but what's awesome about the dot is like once like before i you can just have it basically be playing lullabies forever Mm -hmm. and then before you go to bed you can just from your phone turn off the music yeah that's cool and so it's like and you don't have to go into their room or anything and risk waking them up so it's a cool cool move yeah good move well, thanks, Oren. Good to catch up, buddy. If you want to learn more about the show, you can visit us at justshootapod.com or on all the socials at justshootapod. You can follow me at Mr. Matt Enloe. You can follow me at Pyleg or on Instagram at O. Kaplan. And this episode was produced by Madeline Rosevott. It was edited by Jay McAuliffe. And our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the artist Jazar and the Free Music Archive. And write us an iTunes review. We will read it on the podcast.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.